Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. The investment we make in this radio show is an investment in our community. We know that there are lots of wonderful people doing wonderful things out there, and we just want to make sure everyone's aware of who they are and what they're doing. We hope that by sharing with our community how our guests are uh, making a difference, it'll inspire and encourage you to find a way to make a difference yourself. Today's topic of discussion is respect. Now, I imagine some of you are having Aretha Franklin running through your mind right now, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right? We're talking respect and honor. Uh, I saw something on social media the other day asking the question, do our children really know the meaning of why we celebrate Memorial Day? A select few did, but I guess the vast majority of the kids thought it was like a day off of school or a way to kick off their summer, and I thought, gosh, that's kind of, that's really sad, actually. If you have a vet in your family lineage, you're more than likely to talk to your kids about the importance of the celebration, but if not, I don't think it's being discussed like it should be. I also think it should be something that's talked about more often than just on Memorial Day, but I'm guessing that doesn't happen all too often either. So how can we be sure that we are honoring and showing respect all throughout the year to the over 21 million U.S. veterans that have sacrificed for our freedom? Well, one thing we can do is educate our community about the various nonprofit organizations that are out there that are doing just that, and perhaps we can get involved and start and show our respect as well. My first guest is Debbie Buchanan, Executive Director of Milwaukee Homeless Veterans Initiative and WOVEN, which is the Women's Veterans Initiative. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to have you here. I was first introduced to your nonprofit at a Lake Country charity event that I attended back in March with Karen Ellen Becker, and I heard about some of the great things that you're doing for vets. So can you start by giving us a history of the Milwaukee Homeless Vets and why you got involved with the organization? Absolutely. Milwaukee Homeless Veterans Initiative began its mission about 10 years ago with two Vietnam veterans who started going out doing outreach, finding veterans in parks and shelters, under bridges, wherever they seek uh, refuge, to find out what resources and services they could uh, would need to get back um, into uh, a regular way of life for them. So they began with handing out sleeping mats, personal hygiene items, and food, and then connecting them to shelters and other resources in the community to help them get on their feet. Okay. And so how did you, what struck a chord with you as far as why you wanted to get involved? What struck a chord with me is I, uh, myself as a veteran, I went into the military directly after high school. I come from a family of servicemen. Uh, my dad was in Vietnam. Many of my uncles served. And just realizing that growing up as a child that I really didn't understand the impact of their service and what they've done for our country and for the citizens of, of where we live. Uh, so that incited me to go into the military. And when I returned, my first uh, civilian job was working in a hospital and seeing how many veterans that were coming through there uh, for services that may not uh, qualify to be seen at other uh, area hospitals. And my heart just went out to them, and I wanted to figure out how I could serve our community. 
I've been working in nonprofit organizations for about 25 years. And the last two years, I have spent directly working with veterans in areas of employment, housing, and really helping to bring the families back together. And every day as I'm working with veterans, my passion grows uh, as I learn of their stories, what mm-hmm. they've done for us, and then working with a great group of people to help uh, secure the resources and services that they and their families need. Yeah, and you have personal experience. So you kind of know what what it feels like to absolutely number one what it feels like to be part of a family that yes. has served and yet to serve yourself absolutely so thank you for your service thank you yes thank you um, so you talked about the different resources and the different services that you guys provide can you elaborate um, for those veterans that are listening uh, and for those non-veterans so they get a better understanding of who and what you do Absolutely. As far as our mission goes, our mission is to enable homeless and at-risk veterans to reach and maintain their highest levels of independence. And we do that uh, through offering uh, four core programs with our organization. Outreach, we continue to do that on a much larger scale. Again, providing food, hygiene items, sleeping mats, bus tickets, and information regarding shelters and housing resources. And so Uh, can people donate those things, like the food? and the sleeping bags and the mats and that kind of thing? Yes, we rely solely on those types of donations. Uh, So far far this year in 2018, we've served over 300 veterans just in our outreach program alone. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Uh, Our largest program is our home support program where we furnish the living spaces of veterans and their families. We do that through donations of furniture, household items, toiletries, and food. Uh, We are delivering between four to six uh, uh, deliveries per day. And so far this year, we've delivered furniture and household items to 118 veterans and their family members. Mm, That's great. That's great. Uh, Another program that I like to talk to you about is our emergency food program. Uh, Many of our veterans may not qualify for food share assistance if they receive financial benefits through the VA. And therefore, our food pantry serves a vast amount of those veterans. Uh, They can receive food either through walking through our door, and we also uh, deliver two weeks of food when we take out furniture and household items for them. We have fed over 243 veterans this year through our food Mm -hmm. pantry efforts. Great. That's great. Um, On your website, they talk about... um a wellness assessment program and bikes for stripes. Can you elaborate on those? Yes. Um, let me talk about our bikes for stripes program. I thought that was like one of the neatest programs when I came. It sounds uh, neat. on board. It <laughs> is. It's really fun. Uh, we have bikes that are donated from both West Dallas and Milwaukee police departments. Uh, many times people think that they are stolen bikes that ha- that have not been recovered, but the police departments uh, shared a funny story with us. Uh, summer in Milwaukee we have lots of festivals and fairs and people sometimes forget how they got there Oh, um, oh if they're sad. having too good of a time <laughs> and so uh, then we will receive those bikes if they're not claimed and then we're able to provide that as a mode of transportation for veterans. Uh, quite and you're a talking few. about bicycles. Bicycles. And not, yeah, Absolutely. not like a Harley or something. Right? 
And they may like bike uh, motorcycles, <laughs> but we do uh, provide bicycles. The Pilot Club uh, provided us with a $1,000 donation, so we were also able to purchase helmets and safety locks for them. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Uh, let me talk to you a little bit about our wellness program. Uh, that is staffed by a volunteer. She's also a retired nurse in the community. And what she does is she will come in and contact veterans that have moved into stable housing, and we've already furnished it. And she'll conduct a wellness assessment to learn of the other needs that they may have. And so then her job is to connect them to services and resources to address those other needs. Uh, We have conducted 48 successful wellness assessments this year, and that means that we were able to connect them and, and satisfy the other needs that they have. Oh, that's great. Now, can can a vet just call the Milwaukee Homeless Vets and say, I need some wellness services and just reach out to you, and then you hook them up with the nurse to... Absolutely. Absolutely. They can reach our office at 414-257-4111. And whoever answers that phone will stop to learn of what is going on with the veteran, have them come in and sit down and meet one-on-one with the staff or with the nurse to find out how we can help resolve their crises. Okay. Wow. That's a number of different programs. The food pantry, the wellness assessment, the bikes for stripes, the home support, the outreach. That's all fantastic. And then you have a program called Woven, which we're going to to talk a little bit more in detail about uh, in the second segment, but that deals more with women veterans. And uh, you shared with me that 60% of vets are not eligible for VA or county service benefits, and many of them are women. And actually, women are the fastest growing underserved segment of the veteran population. So stay tuned to learn more about that when we return. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm sitting here talking with Debbie Buchanan from the Milwaukee Homeless Vets Initiative. So we mentioned before the break that 60% of vets are not eligible for services from the VA or county services, which that's staggering. That's just unbelievable. And many of them are women. So can you share with us some of the statistics, Debbie, that you've learned that prompted you to start a specific service group for women vets in particular? Absolutely. Uh, Milwaukee Homeless Veterans Initiative in the, in the last couple of years really experienced an increase of women veterans coming through the door for services. As to date, uh, we have over 200,000 women who are serving in active duty in the military. 200,000? 200,000. Uh, approximately 2 million women uh, have served uh, that live both in the U.S. and Puerto Rico. So the women have made up uh, and are making up a large uh, proportion of uh, military veterans. Our woven program uh, is the Women Veterans Initiative, which aids women veterans who face unique challenges. Female veterans have expanded their roles and responsibilities in the armed forces, and some are returning at much higher rates of depression, PTSD, and even suicide. Mm. Women are more likely to experience sexual harassment or other violent crimes. Uh, Therefore, they need uh, a different level of service once they return. Our Woven program provides such place. It's a safe place that they can come in and talk about the issues that they're address uh, that needs to be addressed. 
We step in to help with family reunification, employment needs. We address their crises. And we also assist with securing safe and affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are serving women every day that are coming through the program. And sometimes it gets tough because we may not always have the answer, but we can always reach out to our partners to help address whatever it is that's going on with her at that time. Mm. And and I think a statistic you shared, too, is that the suicide rate is greater than their male counterparts Absolutely. in women, which is very sad. And that 33% of homeless women vets have disabilities. Yes. I mean, is that um, post serving time? It can be. Or do they make use of, of uh, do they allow uh vets to serve in some capacity after they come back being disabled? You know, it really depends on the disability. It it depends on where the veteran is. Um, Holding down an employment job can be very tricky. Uh, Maintaining housing can be tricky. Uh, based on what their needs are and if the, the environment um, works for them. We have quite a few veterans that live in Milwaukee that uh, women that return with PTSD, but they're surrounded by gunshots. Oh, and so yeah. therefore they're still experiencing that same type of trauma and may need a different level of service than maybe a non-veteran female living in the same environment. Yeah. Wow. Do you have personal stories that you can share with us? I do. Uh, we have, uh, like I said we serve quite a few women in our woven program we have a female veteran uh, in particular who um, based on her experience in the military really needed a high level of support and her family just could not provide that for her they didn't understand uh, what her needs were and how they could assist her and kind of took the hands-off approach Uh, she also lost her relationship with her partner and left her as a single mom with four children Mm -hmm. Uh, based on uh, the threat of uh, suicide and just the other crisis financially she couldn't afford a place to live that her four children uh, ended up in the hands of the state. Mm, But I am so happy to to really talk about the fact that we were there for her. She could come in and just talk with us, hang out. Um, She knew that we weren't there to pass judgment. She's our Mm -hmm. sister Mm -hmm. and we needed to figure out what we could do to support her. And her main goal was to get her children back. I am happy to say that she has now back in her home with her three of her four children and each time she got a child back it was a process so she would come in we would provide goodwill vouchers food clothing whatever she would need a bike Uh, we also get children's bikes in and so each child that came back we were able to provide those resources and we have learned um in the last couple of days that her fourth child will be coming home. So we were able to get her housing, food, Mm -hmm. clothing, helped her repair her car, get her in a safe environment. And all of those things came into play with the effort of the staff that just surrounded her Mm -hmm. uh, as a female veteran and letting her know that we are there for her whenever she needs us. Absolutely. And they say establishing trust is crucial for women vets. Absolutely. Especially because of some of the things that they've gone through. Yeah. And it's nice to know that you're serving not only the veteran, but also their family. Absolutely. You know, through the different resources that you have. So you had mentioned prior to that uh, in the last segment that you have already this year reached out to 350 plus veterans uh, in your outreach program and you served over 400 homeless vets last year. So you are more than half, over over halfway there. 
um, you can't do that without the help from the community partners and volunteers. So share with our listeners how they can get involved and then help us to understand what your biggest need is. So if there's somebody listening out there and they really want to step up and, and help, how can they do that? Absolutely. It's important for people to realize that we are depend solely on the donations of others and how important it is that our current and potential donors understand how valuable their contributions are to our organization. Again, we are delivering uh, furniture every day to veterans, and so our inventory goes very quickly. It's very important that on day one, when the veteran moves into their apartment, that everyone has a bed, and our beds go very very quickly okay if someone has a bed to donate can they have to get it to your facility or do you have people that can go because sometimes people don't have a way to get the the furniture to you absolutely we prefer uh to come and pick up uh the whatever items they would like to donate we have of staff and trucks that will come uh at their convenience to pick up those donations perfect okay because sometimes that's half the battle yes it it is yeah so we like to take that burden off um again because we are delivering furniture every single day to veterans okay uh, other ways that can uh, support our organization, in addition to the fur- furniture donations, is food drives. Uh, you can either uh, host a food drive on our behalf, and we will come and pick up the food. Um, there are volunteer opportunities. We're always having uh, events, or if you have a fundraising event that your corporation or church or even your family would like to host uh, for us. But most important are those cash, do- cash donations. If we refer back to the statistic deal that we talked about with the 60% of veterans that aren't eligible for benefits, that could be based on their discharge. That could be based on them not serving enough active days, um, of service, so we may have reservists and National Guard members who may not be eligible for those benefits. So that sets MHVI aside because if you wore that uniform and you took that oath, even if it was a for one day, you can come to our organization to be served. Those and I think that's fantastic because I don't, I was not aware of that when mm-hmm. you shared that statistic with me that. Um, there, as we talked about in the uh, prior to the break before, that sixty percent are not eligible for the services, and that's that's staggering. So you're saying they they may not have the number of days. There may be any number of reasons why they wouldn't qualify. Correct. You're saying if you serve one day, we're going to help you out. We are. You yeah. are a veteran to us. And yeah. again, I I know that's what sets us aside. Our passion and mission for the organization is to serve that veteran without all of the red tape and the bureaucracy that comes along with some of the larger institutions. Yeah, and I'm sure you have relationships with other organizations, like you said before, that allow you to provide those services Absolutely. to the vets. Yes, we work with both veteran organizations and other community organizations that may not be veteran-specific, but our veterans could tap into those resources. Um, with cash donations, we are able to do things like move a homeless a veteran and their family off of the street. We have we get calls all the time of veterans in parking lots at Walmarts, um, and we can take that veteran and put them into a motel. Make sure we have food for them and they're safe while we're working with our partners, such as Wisconsin Veterans Network or the Center of Veterans Issues, uh, to secure safe and affordable housing for them. Mm-hmm. 
Well, share with us then um, how people can get a hold of you. Absolutely. Short of just Googling Milwaukee homeless vets, <laughs> which you could certainly do, but, um, you know, the do you have a Facebook page? Yes. Um, again, our, our phone number is 414-257-4111. So if you have any furniture or food that you would like to donate to us, you can give us a call and Liz will get you on the schedule. Uh, we also have our physical address at 63. West National Avenue. You can stop by with smaller donations or if you have gas, uh, cash donations, we will always accept those. Okay. Uh, you can look at our website at www.mkehomelessvets.org. One more time. www.mkehomelessvets.org. Okay. And there you will find a list of the items that we collect most commonly for both our food pantry and our home support program. Okay. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we have a millennial in our office now, so she's Yay. handling all of our <laughs> tweeting. We love her. Shout out to Michelle. And uh, Thank you for that because, right, you know, a lot of us don't know how to do half of that stuff. Right, so. right. So she gets on me about how many characters should go behind the pound sign. And <laughs> that's beyond my skill level. So um, I'm right there with you, too. <laughs> Okay, so Facebook, and, and do you guys have a Twitter? Yes, we okay. have a Twitter account. Okay. Um, and again, our website. Uh, we are actually going to be launching a new website in the next uh, couple of months, so look out for that. Uh, on Wednesday, October 17th at 530, we will be celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Yay! And that uh, will be held at Anodyne Coffee at 224 West Bruce Street, and that's near Bradley Tech. So you'll be able to come out and meet our board members, our staff. Um, we'll have some veterans there to meet. Nice. We're going to have a raffle and silent auction and all those other things that are going to be going on to help support our mission. Um, as Jill mentioned, we are serving at this point in the year we've already surpassed our numbers for last year so we know as the winter months come uh, that the need to serve veterans is going to increase so again any donations that you can make or attending our 10-year anniversary will be greatly appreciated and again that event is when wednesday october 17th at okay. anodyne coffee 224 West Bruce Street and we'll be kicking it off at 530. All right, mark your calendars. That yes. sounds like a great event. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you again for your service and all the things that you uh, and your organization does for the veterans. Thank you We're so much. We're very appreciative. Uh, so if, if you're interested in visiting Washington, D.C. to pay your respects to the military, stay tuned to learn how many options you have and how you might be able to help a veteran get there. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. If you Google military sites to visit in Washington, D.C., you'll find about 17 monuments, museums, and memorials, some dedicated to specific branches of the military. There are over 24 million people that visit Washington, D.C. from around the world each year. Now, I haven't been there yet, but my mom tells me it's easy to spend weeks there with all the sites that, uh, that you can visit. She also said it's a very emotional experience, even if you aren't a vet. 
uh, I've actually been to the beaches of Normandy in northern France, and I found it to be extremely emotional. Found it very hard to keep it together when they played taps at the uh, the U.S. cemetery. Um, it made for very thought-provoking and heartwarming conversations uh, at dinner that night. So what if you knew a veteran who couldn't afford to go to Washington, D.C. to pay their respects to their specific branch of service? Would you be willing to help them get there? My next guest is Nick Bandock, who is a board member of the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight, which does exactly that. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So tell us how Stars and Stripes Honor Flight helps vets visit Washington, D.C., and why did you specifically get involved with the organization? So our mission is to fly veterans from World War II, the Korean conflict, the Vietnam conflict, to Washington, D.C. for a day of honor and thanks. So we're a pretty singularly focused organization. Uh, the veterans fly at no cost to them, and we take them for a day to see their memorials, to be with their brethren, to uh, experience uh, some thank yous that um, in some cases people didn't have a chance to experience. So the day is really about them. That's that's what we do. And it's one day. They don't spend multiple. It's not an overnight situation. It's they for, go leave in the morning and they're there all day. That's okay. right. Yeah. For us, it's a it's one day. So it's a, it's a long day. We're I at bet, the airport yeah. <laughs> early at five o'clock, uh, and we're back uh, late in the evening. But uh, a good day and a long day. Okay. Well, help us uh, understand how what actually happens during the day. Um, what do the veterans experience? Uh, a range of emotions would be would be one thing, uh, but just kind of the nuts and bolts of it. So, um, you know, usually we get to the airport around uh, five o'clock. Um, and we have just an unbelievable mass of volunteers that come out to help us out. I'm there. At 5 in the morning, you've got other earlier, people that are earlier, set to send yes. you off, right? We ask the vets to be there usually around 5, and I'll, I'll get there sometimes at 4 a.m., and there are mm-hmm. yellow shirts everywhere on unloading wheelchairs, setting up stanchions, really what I think are some pretty thankless jobs, and they do it. Um, just so graciously, um, which is a really neat thing to see. So we ask the vets to get there, um, and we take care of, you know, essentially everything. We want them to be treated like, you know, the kings and queens. Uh, that's kind of how we, we see it. So when they pull up at the curb, you know, somebody greets them, someone gets them in a wheelchair if they need it. Um, they can't go 10 feet in the airport without hearing a thank you or being touched or held or hugged. Um, so we get them um, checked in, get them through security, uh, thanks to some uh, really nice uh, friends at TSA that help us move that through quickly. Okay. Uh, we have breakfast at the airport. Uh, we do a nice uh, national anthem before we get on the plane, and then we are off to D.C. So we are fortunate to be in a good spot in the country. we got about an hour and a half flight to get there. Nice. Um, and then uh, we spend the day um, going around and seeing the sites of Washington, D.C. So um, we always try to get to the mall for a couple hours, the National Mall. So that's mm-hmm. how most people would know, kind of the Washington Monument on one end, the Lincoln on the other. So that is where the um, um, the World War II Memorial, the Korean Memorial, and the Vietnam Memorial are. So Honor Flight got started um, in the mid, um, are we calling them aughts, I guess the last decade, um, the mid-aughts, um, as the World War II Memorial is being built and uh, coming the point where a lot of the veterans that it was honoring were to the, the age that, you know, they couldn't get there to see sure, it. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the impetus was to get some of the, this, this greatest generation as they were in the autumn of their life to get there, to see their, um, 
their memorial. So as time has evolved and uh, we've lost some of those people, um, we've welcomed, you know, Korean War vets and Vietnam War vets um, into the Honor Flight family. Um, so we make sure to see all those sites during the day. Uh, we also have keep an appointment at Arlington National Cemetery to be able mm-hmm. to see the um, changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Okay. Which is a really um, somber and respectful occasion. Um, and the vets get treated very well there. Um, mm-hmm. They get treated very well everywhere, but mm-hmm. especially there. Um, and we'll, uh, the weather permitting, we'll squeeze in some other sites. We uh, like to try to get to the 9-11 Memorial at the Pentagon now, which is uh, more recent and has kind of a different um, experience to it. Uh, the Iwo Jima Memorial, which uh, is officially the Marine Corps Memorial, kind of the flag raising uh, that people are kind of familiar with, that famous picture. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The Air Force Memorial. Um, and then there is also a spot um, near the mall, especially for our Vietnam vets, we try to get to uh, the MLK um, Memorial. So that's uh, he was you know prominent during that time. And for a lot of our folks to get there and see that um, is really timely. So the FDR and the MLK Memorial together. So um, we can't necessarily do all of that, um, but we get a good chunk of that in during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, lunches are taken care of. Um, uh, we have medical care that are there for the day, so we make sure that they have everything they need as we um, tour around the city. Uh, we also like to get a police escort, which is a good way to get around D.C. traffic. Oh, I imagine. And they, yeah. uh, everyone gets a kick out of that because when <laughs> those um, uh, motorcycles get going and they tell people to get out of the way, we got some important people coming through. Right, everybody, that's right. Uh, everybody gets a good kick out of that. Um, so after this, you know, whole day of um, getting all the way out there and all the medical care and all the food and all the emotions, um, we get back in the plane. We have a couple surprises there for them that I won't uh, spill now. Yeah. <laughs> don't and give then, it away. Don't yeah. give it away. And then we're back at the airport um, where um, I don't think this it can be, you know, quiet at this point after, you know, 40 some flights. But we have a big homecoming um, parade where um, people essentially take over the airport and, uh, you know, we welcome we welcome everybody home. So it never gets old. You go there and uh, people wait there for hours with lawn chairs and uh, sit there just to thank somebody's hand and say thank you, shake someone's hand, say thank you, wave. Um, that's a pretty powerful thing. And so. that's fantastic because we talked about in the prior segment with Debbie Buchanan from the Milwaukee Homeless Vets that unfortunately um, young kids are not always aware of why we celebrate on mm-hmm. Memorial Day and right. and the fact that we want to celebrate all year long and we want the, the younger generation to understand what we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and to honor the, uh, uh, and respect, show respect to the veterans. So are you a veteran and... Uh, are you a veteran? I'm not. Okay. So tell us why you got involved with this organization. Um, there's a lot that I like about the organization. Obviously, um, you know, I wouldn't be here if I didn't like serving our veterans. Um, it's just such a singularly focused um, organization uh, that I think makes just a great impact when you, you know, it's a, it's it's very commonplace to hear somebody say this among the best day of their life. And that's, a, that's really powerful. Um, and a lot of the people that are involved with the organization really did it for, you know, Somebody in their family, you know, a lot of our board members will wear a lanyard uh, during the day and they got a picture of their grandpa or their brother or their uncle or someone that served. And uh, for me, it was about my kids um, thinking about that next generation, trying to set a good example. So I volunteer to kind of show them what it is to give back. And uh, I hope they I hope they follow suit. And that's commendable because, again, for to be a mentor to your kids and show them what that means. Um, you know, certainly to have somebody volunteer who has family member makes sense. That's probably what you see most often. Very but often, to yeah. find somebody that has no um, background with the military or family members to step out, I think that's very commendable. So that's that's great. Well, thank you. 
Um, so, uh, Stars and Stripes has made 46 flights to Washington, D.C., I understand. Yep, that- um, uh, how many veterans have had the privilege of going on those 46 flights? We're going to find that out after we return. So, we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Nick Bandock, who is a board member of the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight organization right here in Milwaukee. So, Nick, let's talk numbers. Um, we were saying before that um, you that the Honor Flight has 46 flights to Washington, D.C. So just how many veterans have flown on those 46 flights? So we've uh, honored 5,902 uh, veterans on those flights. Wow. So the next flight uh, in September will crush 6,000. So that includes about 3,300 from the World War II conflict, uh, 2,000 from Korean, and a little over 500 from Vietnam. So the wow. Vietnam number obviously will be the one that grows as we move forward. That's the bulk of the population we're serving, but 5,902 in 46 flights. Wow. And help us, um, again, to understand what it means to the vets to go on the honor sure. flight. I feel like, you know, it's kind of hyperbole to say, you know, it was among the best days of my life, but that's a phrase that we hear, you know, quite often. And uh, uh, I guess to give you a couple of stories, I remember... Um, uh, a friend of mine had gone as a guardian and um, picked up his veteran, you know, before the airport. So he's there at, you know, four in the morning and uh, an 80 some year old guy is dressed and in his honor flight gear ready to go. You know, we take this guy, you know, through all the rigors of the day, all the emotions, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, um, you know, the homecoming parade, all the surprises. And drops him off, you know, after midnight. So the guy's been, you know, going 20 hours, oh uh, which is a long day for anybody, yes, not to mention, right. you know, someone in their 80s. And mm-hmm. then you throw on all those emotions and he gives them a hug and, and, the, and the vet says, I just don't want this day to end. Oh, um, you know, after yeah. 20 hours later, this, you know, it's just, it's there with them. And um, another gentleman uh, recently who went, um, uh, we especially see this with our, our Vietnam era vets is, you know, they carry some scars with them. And uh, they have a, a, this one gentleman, just a big uh, mountain of a man. And you could tell he had a little bit of a, a facade on him. It was going to be a hard day for him. Um, and we were kind of aware of that, and we had um, prepared accordingly, and I think had paired him um, with a good guardian. And, uh, you know, halfway through the day, these two are like old friends. They're taking selfies together, you know, <laughs> and they're smiling. This is a totally different person eight hours later. And he said uh, something to the effect of, um, because of the kindness I've experienced from others, it's changed my perspective on life. Mm. You know, eight hours later, um, all those thank yous, all those hugs, all those handshakes, you yeah. know, the, all those touches, um, being with um fellow vets, um, he was a different person. And he came home and walked hand in hand through that parade with the biggest smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you asked him, I think it, it probably wouldn't be a stretch to say it was among the best days of his life. I imagine. I mean, they just want to know that we we respect and, and, and honor them. And uh, they may not get that any other way. So it's it's fantastic what uh, what you guys do. So how are the veterans actually selected? So they um, submit an application. Um, so it's, it's their choice to go. And um, I that's the right way to do it. It's, a, you know, I think a personal choice for everybody. So they submit an application and uh, our bias is to those that are, are terminally ill and uh, our oldest vets. So, um, and after that, we kind of take priority um, as they come in. Um, but it's a self-selecting process. Um, 
they submitted there's absolutely no cost to them um the organization covers everything apparel flight meals buses police escort everything is paid for um but the veterans choose to go and submit an application uh oftentimes they will um everybody goes with a guardian and oftentimes they will um submit an application for a family member to go with them um if they don't have one we'll supply them for uh, supply them one um and um no, but the veterans, to, to get to the crux of your answer, the veterans uh, choose to submit an application and go. And how many get to go at one time? So uh, we do about 75 on a plane, uh-huh. um, and there'll be flights where we do two planes. So uh, it's north of 150 veterans that'll go. So we have three dates this fall that we are going, and we'll be taking about 150 veterans each. So 450 vets that'll go uh, on our three dates this fall to have their day of honor and thanks. Wow. Wow. Um, so you had mentioned something called the Guardians now, yes. a couple times. Tell us about their role and what do they do and how can someone become one? So every veteran is paired um, with a Guardian, as I mentioned. Um, oftentimes it's a family member, um, but sometimes it's not. We ask that they be uh, one generation removed, so one generation younger, um, so that they're able to care for the veterans, you know, physical, mental, emotional needs of the day. So it's everything from opening a bottle of water, getting them on and off the bus, helping them um, into in on a wheelchair if they need it, restroom needs, um, to just, you know, being a companion, you know, being a pal, being a shoulder to cry on, you know, hug anything that they might need for the day. So, um, those guardians actually pay out of pocket $500 each to go. So a family member or someone that we pair them with. And we have many, many volunteers that willingly will pay that out of their own pocket to go and, and be of service to somebody else for a day, which is, which is pretty amazing. But our focus is to make sure that the vets have everything they need. So we make sure that they have a guardian with them at all times. Okay. So they are well taken care of. That's, they're, they're the kings and queens of the day. As well they should be. They right? should be, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. So now if someone comes to you and says you know, my grandpa wants to go, or Mm -hmm. we want our grandpa to go, for example. Um, You know, you talked about pairing everybody with a guardian, hopefully uh, uh, not the immediate generation underneath, but... but, yeah, we ask that they have to be at least 15 years younger. So um, our secondary mission is kind of that education piece. Sure. So kind of by doing that is a way that we pass on stories to the uh, younger generation. And um, so they get to experience something, you know, let, let's just say, and it's very common to have, you know, a son or daughter go. And... Um, they uh, see their parent, uh, often their father, you know, in a, in a different light, and uh, they experience things that they've never, you know, seen before. So, uh, as an example, when we sit on the plane, we always sit veterans next to veterans and guardian next to guardians, so oh, okay. that they have a chance to engage with, you know, their peer group. Sure. And uh, it's pretty common to hear, you know, I've, I've you know I've known my dad my whole life, I've never heard that story. They'll say something, you know, to a fellow veteran. Uh, that they just don't share in the same way that they do with their family. Um, so it's a different, you know, bonding experience. And uh, and it, it, there's there's such a, a wide range, too. You know, it, one minute it goes from, you know, the same old guys joking like they're 19 years old to some serious conversations. And that's, uh, that's kind of what it's all about is whatever uh, they need and how they get through the day. Um, they do it together. And I think it's great that you engage the younger generation because I don't think they really understand what it well probably most people don't understand but i mean certainly the younger generation to understand the idea of what a veteran has given up in order to serve and and to be able to hear those stories and to be able to pass that on that's that education piece that we think Uh is so 
And that feels like you're even going back to Vietnam. I mean, you're going on 45, 50 years. I mean, that seems like it went by fairly quick, but there's some people that, you know, we've been in other conflicts, but uh, they've taken on a different level. Um, And so to hear that, I think, um, from, you know, somebody personally that's gone through that, um, the good, the bad, the indifferent, um, it gives them, uh, I think, a sense of... um, uh, you know what this country is all about. Someone has made, has made that sacrifice. Yeah. And then they come home and they share the story with their family. Yeah. So, it, you know, it can go on and on and There's on. There's a lot of um, honor flay magic about these stories that happen and it really um, uh, spreads exponentially. You know, you talk about 6,000 people almost that have gone and, uh, you know, when you get to that homecoming and, you know, th- somebody from work comes and you know your family comes and they're making signs and then now you got 35 people that have experienced this honor flight that are now talking about this um and sharing their stories so um 6, feels like a lot of vets to us in the grand scheme of things in southeastern wisconsin it's not that many but i feel like because of the uh way that the community has rallied around it it's touched um a lot more people and a lot more families than just the six thousand of those vets that have gone on the day yeah and that's wonderful and my father uh, served in the korean war and he is no longer here. But, um, you know, there are so many things that I would love to have asked him sure. about his experience. Absolutely, and yeah. I'm sure anybody that goes through this experience is just blessed uh, as a result of that. Not only the veteran, but the, the guardian and the other people that are involved. Um, so it's wonderful what uh, what the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight does. So thank you for coming to the radio show today and sharing thank with you. us um, what they're all about. And can you, can you help us to understand how some Somebody can reach out to you guys, get more information, website, Facebook. Sure. So you can find us contact at... Contact information. Yeah. Um, well, social media is a really good way. You can find us on Facebook. We're Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. Um, our website is starsandstripeshonorflight.org. Um, we don't have any paid staff or any um, office, so it's just a merry band of volunteers doing all the work. So if we're uh, maybe slow to respond, please uh, give us time. But you, that's how you can track us down. And if you want to be involved... Um, You'll see ways on there. Um, there's events from time to time. We have a, an amazingly generous group of sponsors that help things out. Um, even coming to a homecoming, um, anybody can come. Uh, it's an, you know open to the public to come and experience a homecoming. is a pretty emotional experience. Um, certainly donations are needed. It is an expensive endeavor to charter a plane and charter buses and I get imagine. people halfway across the country. Yeah. Um, it's north of uh, you know six hundred dollars, five six hundred dollars for every veteran that goes. So it is not an inexpensive endeavor. So um, donations are always welcome and appreciated, so that we can fly more vets. So lots of way to get involved. Find us on Facebook or starsandstripeshonorflight.org. Okay, thank you so much, Nick. I want to thank my guest today, Debbie Buchanan, Executive Director of Milwaukee Homeless Veterans Initiative and Woven, which is the Women's Veterans Initiative, and Nick Bandock, Board Member of the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. If you would like further information about the people or the organizations we talked to today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200. There are also a number of ways you can listen to our show. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to the podcast. You can go to the iHeartRadio website to listen to the podcast. You can also ask Alexa now for help by saying, Alexa, please play WISN AM 1130 on your Amazon device, or you can tune in via the iHeartRadio app. So there's lots of options for your listening pleasure. Join us again in two weeks as we talk with other inspiring guests who share information about a cause they're passionate about and how it makes a difference in our community. And we hope that this will inspire you to use your passion, your talents, and your energy to get involved with a local nonprofit in your community and bless someone in some way. I encourage you to go out and find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great night.